Welcome, my friends, to the That's Ball Folks podcast. I'm your host, Josh Reynolds. This is episode 23. There is so much that happened in the NBA world <laughs> that we're just going to have to recap it all. It's been unbelievable. I was supposed to have a guest on this week, but I had to bump it to next week just because we had to catch up on everything. It's insane. We've got the New York Knicks, maybe the hottest team in the league, one of the most underrated players in the entire NBA and maybe of all time in James Harden. Mikel Bridges entering a superstar era, LeBron's injury and the Lakers' playoff chances, the Sixers just with their best win of the season this weekend, Giannis pulling a Ricky Davis stunt this weekend as well, Scott Foster versus Scotty Barnes, the Ja Morant situation, which is ugly, and the J.J. Redick and Kendrick Perkins go uh, just beef that happened and we'll dive into that like i mentioned there is a ton a lot that has happened how's everybody doing <laughs> I, hope, I hope you're all having a great week um again this is coming out on wednesday as i mentioned had a whole guest lined up everything and i bumped it uh we're gonna record this weekend but i just with everything that has happened i figured we just do an episode where we recap it all because again there's been so much before we dive into it I've got a giveaway going, uh, Mac McClung signed dunk contest picture, which is pretty awesome. So please check that out on Twitter. Uh, also doing a March Madness bracket with, uh, my guys over at basically even I'll link the bracket with my episode notes here, but I do March Madness brackets every single year. And this is the best one that I've ever been a part of. We are doing giveaways each single round. We've teamed up with Asher golf for all my golf fans out there. Uh, to give away some gear, gloves, everything like that, uh, as well as some gift cards, StockX, Jordans, you name it, jerseys, everything. Giveaway for the winner of each single round. So make sure you enter that because it's going to be awesome. If you love March Madness like I do, you will want to be involved in it. Let's start at the top, and that is with the New York Knicks. Of course, as I lead off with this, they lost tonight. <laughs> they had a nine-game win streak in a very impressive nine-game win streak, I might add. They lost to the Sixers on February 10th, and then they went on a nice little tear. They beat the Jazz. They beat the Brooklyn Nets, the Atlanta Hawks, the Wizards, the Pelicans, the Celtics, their most impressive win, the Nets, the Heat, the Celtics again in overtime, and they lose tonight to the Hornets. However, 9-1 and one in their last 10. Obviously, that is impressive. Obviously, that is a thing that we need to look at. They have worked themselves up into fifth place in the East. Fantastic for them. And not only are they doing that, but they are doing it in a fun way. They're beating good teams. Julius Randle has been absolutely balling out. Jalen Brunson, he didn't play tonight, but he has also been balling out. He's for real. They have a fun team. They've got a fun squad put together. And just keep an eye out on the Knicks. That's all I'm going to say. We're not going to dive too deep into it. But I really have been enjoying the Knicks. I especially am enjoying it because they beat Boston twice, which I absolutely love. Uh, we'll talk about it in a little bit. But the Sixers uh, don't look now. But they're making some uh, some headway on, the, on Boston for that second seed. But shout out the Knicks. They're really fun. The whole bing bong, all that stuff. Uh, I personally think the NBA is better when the Knicks are good. Maybe that's because I grew up when the Knicks were a playoff team. I don't know, but I like it. It's just the same as college football. Like for me, I enjoy when the the original teams are good. Not Alabama, not Ohio State, but like Miami. Growing up, Miami was unbelievable. I miss that. They haven't been good since. I think it's fun when the Knicks are good and they're good again. At least they're going to be a playoff team. So I'm excited for them. Shout out the Knicks. 
Let's dive into the second thing. And that is who I think has slowly become one of the most underrated, underappreciated players in the league. And that's James Harden. James Harden, to put in perspective, is shooting a career best from three this year at four, over, a little over 40%. He's also leading the league in assists per game. He's coming off a win in Indy where he dropped 20 assists. The game before that, probably his best game as a sixer, I would say. Vintage Harden game, 38 points, 10 assists, 9 boards. They come back, they beat the Bucks in Milwaukee, ending their win streak of 16 games. It was easily one of the best wins of the Sixers season, not even close. Why doesn't this dude get any love? Why doesn't he? We know he wasn't named an all-star, which I think is ridiculous, but he's one of the best 75 basketball players in history of the game. In history, ever. He had a quote the other night from Keith Pompey. Harden said, I don't know what they want from me. You know what I mean? I've been doing this thing for a long time. I've been one of the most consistent players in this league since I've been in. And I couldn't agree more. It's wild how he's legitimately become underrated somehow. People need to start giving him his flowers. They really do. He's 33 years old. He's leading the league in assists. He's shooting the ball the best he ever has in his entire career. A Twitter account, at uh, SFSGOAT, uh, shout out you, uh, they said, quote, he's right. Every role you can have as a player, he's done and done it at an elite level. Elite six man, elite offensive superstar, elite third option, elite second option. I'm retiring my hate for good. I love that. I think it's time for everybody to retire their hate and just appreciate what this dude is doing, what he has done. Let's appreciate what he is. Shout out James Harden, man. He needs to get his flowers. That leads us into somebody who I personally didn't see him making the leap this quick, and that is Mikael Bridges of the Brooklyn Nets. Look, we all knew he was good. You're not going to be the centerpiece of a trade for Kevin Durant if you're not. <laughs> a team's not going to offer four first-round picks for you if you're not. But did we think, did I think he would turn into this this quickly? Absolutely not. He dropped 45 against the Heat? Like, did we know he had that in him? If you did, did you know it was going to appear this soon? Let's take a look at his last eight games. Against the Rockets, 30 points. Hornets, 33 Celtics 38, Knicks 21, Bucks 31, Hawks 24, Bulls 13, Heat 45. It's unbelievable. Not only is he doing this on the offensive end, but he's doing what he does on the defensive end too. Multiple blocks a game, multiple steals a game. The dude does it all. And I want to throw up every single time I think about what could have been. Could he have been what he is if... Philly kept him if they didn't trade him? Does he turn into what he is today because he played in Phoenix? I think about this stuff all the time because, look, he's going to play with, realistically, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Simmons, I think, back when Simmons played, would complement Bridges' game. But I didn't think he would turn into this. I absolutely did not. And I love Tobias Harris. Don't get me wrong. Bless his heart. But man, oh, man, Mikael Bridges. Pretty awesome to see him make this leap. Look, the Nets roster is hilarious. They just have a bunch of like actually good supporting cast players. But if Bridges can take upon this role and be this superstar, I mean, if he plays like this, he's a no-brainer shoe-in all-star next year. And I cannot wait to see. Truly, I'm excited to see what he does in the playoffs. 
leading this team, but I'm even more excited to see the leap he makes coming into next season. I'm thinking about that already. He's just a very likable dude. I don't know. Good for him. Imagine if the Brook if Brooklyn Nets basketball team, imagine if they had fans, how excited they would be. Man, they'd be pretty cool. Sad he has to play in a place like Brooklyn where they sell $10 playoff tickets just to get anybody in the door. Crazy. All right, let's move on to this. And that is the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron. So LeBron goes down. He injures his ankle against the Mavs. I was watching it live. You could clearly read his lips and see that he said it popped. I heard it pop or I felt it pop. He ends up staying in. He finishes the game. The next day or two, Shams breaks the news. Hey, LeBron's out at least three weeks. Brutal. Look, AD's been balling when he plays, but is that enough? Not positive. I really don't. Look, Anthony Davis, again, he's been awesome. Since that Mavericks game, he's put up 28 points, 19 boards. He sat against the Thunder because it's Anthony Davis. Against the Timberwolves, he had 38 points. Warriors, he had 39 the Grizzlies, he put up 18 and 12. And then again, on a back-to-back, he just put up 30 and 22 boards in a win tonight. They're tied for 10th place with the Pelicans, the Thunder, and the Blazers. Look, looking at LeBron, obviously it has to be a bad injury for him to sit. There's no way he'd be sitting if he could play through it. But I do not love the Lakers' chances, even with LeBron coming back. I think it's going to be too little too late. Look, they could make some noise in the playing game if they get there. That's great. I don't know. Could this Lakers team end up knocking off a Nuggets team first round? I would love to see it, but I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't, I'm not buying it. I don't, I think it's too little too late. I, I'm not sold on the Lakers and the West is absolutely insane at the moment. I mean, the standings are truly, truly incredible. Um, if you look at the teams looking literally from fourth place you could look at the suns uh there's only three games separating fourth place all the way down to the jazz we're in 13th that's crazy and these fluctuate like crazy i don't know bloodbath bloodbath in the west all the talent not all but a lot of the talents moved west and it's crazy man i don't know i would love to see lebron make one more good playoff run before he's done who knows when that's actually going to be? I mean, he could play for five more years and I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, it sucks. Sucks to see him go down. He's really never had an injury like this before, if you think about it. Yes, he had his injury last season and I get that. But I I mean, you look at his age, it's like, of course he's going to get hurt. He hasn't been hurt his whole career. It's bound to happen. I don't know. Crazy. I would love to see it before he's done, but I'm just not sold on this Lakers squad. I don't, I don't see it. Would love it if they could prove me wrong. But again, I don't see it at all. Now, I mentioned him earlier and said that we're going to talk about him in a little bit, and that time is now. The Philadelphia 76ers are only a game and a half out of second place in the East behind Boston. The Sixers just went 4-1 and one on their road trip with wins against Miami, Milwaukee, Indy, and Minnesota. They had a loss against the Mavs, but that loss to the Mavs were unbelievable. I think they broke a franchise record for threes made. It's crazy. As I mentioned, they had the best win of the season, at least one of the best wins of the season. It's on Saturday against the Bucks. It's a vintage Harden game. Embiid did his thing. I know I sound like a broken record, but Joel Embiid has been absolutely unbelievable, and it seems like nobody cares or is paying attention. Tonight, he dropped 39 in only 28 minutes. He was a perfect 4-for-4 four four from three, added seven boards, four assists, a steal, and three blocks. 
All of this against Rudy Gobert, three-time defensive player of the year. And every time he plays Rudy, he absolutely kills him. He crushes him, and I love it. It even got so bad tonight that uh, poor Rudy, Memphis, uh, Minnesota had to really, they decided to go small, and they threw Kyle Anderson and Nas Reed out there, tried doubling him, did nothing. Anthony Edwards, who I love, by the way, referred to Embiid as the MVP of the league. Joel, after the game, uh, he was asked if, hey, when you play against Rudy Gobert, a three-time defensive player of the year, does that motivate you? And Joel said, quote, MVP's defensive player of the year, that doesn't mean anything to me. I'm still going to be the best player on the floor. And it's hard to argue with that, truly. If you want to see all the highlights and the perfect breakdown of it, check my guy Brock's breakdown on Twitter. I'll retweet it uh, tomorrow morning when this episode drops. But he's brought it on both ends of the floor, night in and night out. Now, Yes, maybe he took a night off defensively on the front end of a back-to-back in Indy just barely. But in Indy, he dropped 42. Milwaukee had 31, 10, and 6. Dallas, he had 35. Miami had 27 and 12. Boston, 41, 12, and 5. The list goes on and on and on and on. Joel Embiid is averaging 33 points a game. He's right behind Luka, who's averaging 33.4 for that scoring title. Joel is doing it on 64.7% true shooting percentage. That's unbelievable. I absolutely loved how locked in he's been. I absolutely love the chemistry that he's got with Harden. You can see it grow night in and night out. It's unbelievable. The other night against Milwaukee, him and Harden became the first pair of Sixers teammates to record 30 or more points and 10 or more assists in the same game since Wilt Chamberlain and Hal Greer did it in 1965. That is so, like, I can't even wrap my head around that. It's unbelievable. They're peaking at the right time. They're winning games with guys sitting. Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers both were very, very clear. They said from the beginning of the season that they're going to be careful about sitting guys when they need to. Harden sat tonight. P.J. Tucker and Tobias sat last game. The Sixers are still finding ways to win games, even on road trips, brutal back-to-backs, and they're back home against Portland on Friday. I am feeling real good about the Sixers. It's funny because it fluctuates week to week. But I am feeling very, very good. I love the way they're looking. Embiid is on a whole other level. And Harden, which we prayed for, is giving us exactly what we wanted. Now, look, there are all these reports and rumors about Harden maybe going to Houston again in the offseason. And it seems like a new report comes out every single day from some different source. I absolutely don't buy it. But I am concerned, as I mentioned over and over and over, about this year and about them making a real playoff championship push we'll see we'll see what happens but again they are looking very good and I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they can catch Boston the way that Boston's kind of playing right now uh for that second seed I love it you absolutely love it every Sixers fan should be pumped out of their minds this leads into a funny topic which we've got to talk about this happened last night it's funny, but it's also infuriating. And that is Scott Foster and Scotty Barnes. So the other night, the Raptors are playing the Nuggets. There's 28 seconds left. The Raptors are down by one. They call a foul on the Raptors. Scotty Barnes, a forward for the Raptors, he says something. And Scott Foster immediately, Scott Foster being the ref, immediately tosses him. Players are looking around. The other refs are looking around. Everyone's confused at what just happened and who got tossed. Nobody knows what's happening. The Nuggets end up winning the game. The call couldn't have come at a worse time. It changed everything. And Scotty Barnes, after the game, said that I was literally talking to myself. I said, y'all are cheating, bro. 
and he got tossed. Scott Foster was asked about it, and after the game, he said, quote, he was ejected on one technical foul because he used verbiage that directly questioned the integrity of the crew. What the hell? Look, this is going to be harsh, but we all are thinking it. I'm just going to put it into words. Nobody likes referees. Why anyone would ever want to be a referee in any sport is beyond me. You do your job as a referee the best you possibly can, and people still hate you. That said, we need to start looking into this more. It makes no sense. Scott Foster 1,000% let his feelings get the best of him, and that's all that happened. Question the integrity of the crew. Give me an effing break. How are refs not suspended? I know Adam Silver said that they review calls and game film and everything with refs all the time. They might, there might even be fines and punishments. That not, that's not good enough. Why can't they get suspended? There's one that happened tonight in the Warriors game. Jordan Poole literally threw a bounce pass after a call back to the ref, uh, Josh Tiven, and he got teed up for it. It needs to be talked about. I get that refs have feelings. I get that they're a part of the game too, but they need to realize that absolutely nobody, I repeat, nobody is at the game to see the refs. Not even their families. Nobody wants that. Nobody needs that. Nobody goes to the game for that. It needs to be looked at. It's an absolute joke. Truly, truly a joke. Hello, friends. I want to give another shout out to Griffles Plasma, the runaway favorite in the arena of plasma donation centers. As I've said before, and I'll say again, plasma makes medicines. This is a huge, huge deal. And a lot of people depend on these medicines for treatment. And each time you donate, that donation can be used to make up to five different plasma medicines. Think about that for a second. One donation up to five. Honestly, makes me think of the Michigan Fab Five. Shout out Jalen Rose and Chris Weber. Anyone could need plasma at any time. So if you want to help others, if you want to show your good side, take some of your time to donate some of your plasma. Your plasma replaces itself. You help other people and you're compensated for every donation. This is a great roster to get on. Learn more about plasma and find a center near you at grifflesplasma.com. Tell them Josh sent you. This advertisement is a paid promotion. There's genuinely few things I love more than a quality shirt that represents my squads that I can wear any day of the week. My guys over at Die Hard Addicts have some of the best Philly sports shirts you could ever dream of. Whether it's the Sixers, the Phillies, the Birds, they've got you covered with all things Philly sports. We're not talking those like cheap, thin quality shirts either. They've got heavy duty, good quality graphic tees that are money. I just scored the Princess Diana shirt for her wearing that Birds jacket. Couldn't possibly love it more. Hit them up on Instagram at DieHardAddicts or visit them at their website at www.DieHardAddicts.com. When you find something you like, use code JOSH24 for 10% off your order. Diehard Addicts, providing Diehard's custom gear to support their addiction. Are you sick of spending time caring for your lawn? Have you spent too much time mowing it or even just keeping it alive? Are you tired of wasting resources and money watering it? If you are like me, the answer is yes to all of those. You should consider artificial grass. Beehive Turf out of Northern Utah will transform your yard into looking beautiful all year round. Check out Beehive Turf on Instagram. Give them a call today for a free quote. Beehive Turf, take the sting out of caring for your lawn. Alrighty, we're going to dive into these last two subjects, and they're not the funnest, so 
but we got to talk about them because they're important and they're absolutely kind of crazy what's going on. And the first one being the John Morant situation. It's not good no matter how you try to spin it. Reports come out a couple weeks ago that somebody in his entourage in the same SUV that he was in had a gun and it was pointed at somebody at a Pacers game. Not good. Obviously, that's not good. I think that it ended with, hey, it may or may not have happened, but it wasn't Ja. It was somebody else. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Still a terrible situation, but it kind of got laid to rest. Then there were reports that came out that he punched a teenager and exposed a gun. He was hooping and the 17-year-old checked the ball in and threw it at him and hit Ja in the face. He said something like, yo, should I get at him? A bunch of his buddies said yes. He swung, hit the kid in the face, hit him about 12 to 13 times, according to the report. Friends even got in some swings. Awful. Then, on a separate event, his mom got into an altercation at a finish line at the mall. She called Ja, told him about it. He showed up at the mall with like nine other dudes. They got into a confrontation with the mall security officer when he told him to leave. All of that is terrible. But you fast forward to late Friday night, Saturday morning, after a loss to the Denver Nuggets, after the Grizzlies have a players-only meeting, which is led by Steven Adams, the most likable human being probably in the entire NBA and teammates with John Morant, which was rumored to be targeted and aimed at John Morant, Jaw is seen on his Instagram live flashing a gun at a nightclub. Couldn't possibly be worse timing, couldn't possibly be a worse look for him. Now, he's being investigated by police in Glendale, Colorado, about whether he broke the state gun laws. I didn't know about these. I read about them. Colorado is an open carry state, but it's illegal to possess a firearm while intoxicated. There weren't any videos or proof of him drinking, but everybody else in the video, I guess, was drinking. The Grizzlies suspend him the next day for at least two games, say that he'll be away from the team indefinitely. There's a report today, uh, or not today, but there was a report that came out that the maybe what the NBA suspension is going to look like. They're, we're saying that if he brought his own gun onto the team plane, that maybe it could be up to 50 games. Who knows? Time will tell. Look, basketball aside, I genuinely, and I think I speak for everybody, I genuinely hope that Ja gets the help he needs, like for real. He's obviously one of the rising superstars in the league. He does something almost nightly that makes you scratch your head in just amazement. He's quite literally throwing all of that away right now. And I'm not even going to dive into the stuff that people are talking about, how he grew up with like a good family, he went to a good school, he's not a gangster, whatever, I don't care. Who he has surrounded himself with right now clearly has not helped him in any way. Yes, of course it starts with Jaw. He's 23 years old. But if you're in this dude's inner circle and you care about him in the slightest, like, what are you doing? You need to help. There's a report today from somebody named Steve Franklin uh, that he heard from a source that Jaw checked himself into a rehab facility. Don't know if that's true or not. Whatever will get this dude right needs to happen. Again, basketball aside, you just want to see this kid. Yeah, I'm saying he's a kid. He's 23 years old. He needs to start making good decisions. It's really sad, dude. It genuinely bumps me out. I really like Jaw, and all of this sucks. Do not fumble the bag. Don't do it. Everything is laid out for you, bro. Please, like, just, he's got to get it together. And it's it's just a brutal situation. Really, really sad. But keep you posted on everything that uh, comes out that way. Again, I'm, I'm very curious about that report about uh, rehab, if that's actually true or not. Look, if it's going to help him, I'm all for it. I think everybody's all for it. I think everybody just wants to see him get right. That's it. We're ending with this. And it happened yesterday. It happened this morning, actually. And that is 
J.J. Reddick and Kendrick Perkins on first take. This is a sensitive subject. I'm going to tread lightly, but give my thoughts. J.J. Reddick has been outspoken about Nikola Jokic deserving to win his third straight MVP. Kendrick Perkins suggested that Dirk and Steve Nash, they won their MVPs because they were white and they weren't in the top 10 in points per game. J.J. told him that that's a stupid stat to judge the criteria of MVP for. Anyway, Kendrick said that the goalposts move year to year and that judging, uh, it's just as according to the media that they judge. Reddick said that's not true at all. Kendrick pointed back to 2006 when Kobe averaged 31 with no help, even though his team was 42 and 40 and Steve Nash won MVP. Kendrick said that he doesn't know the criteria for MVP anymore. Seeding doesn't matter. If it's advanced stats, if it's the eye test, we don't know. But then when it comes to MVP voting, he threw out a stat, 80% of the voters are white. He brought up stat padding. He said that Jokic is one of the most skilled players in the league. He also mentioned Giannis and Embiid. And JJ said this. I'm going to insert the audio clip because I uh, don't want to mince words. So here you go. I want to just say something. Stephen A, I mean, Stephen A, I mean no offense to you. And I mean no offense to first take. Because I think this show is extremely valuable. It is an honor to be on this desk every day. It really is. But what we've just witnessed is the problem with this show. Where we create narratives that do not exist in reality. The implication, what you are implying, that the white voters that vote on NBA are racist, that are they, they favor white people. You I just not, said that. You ju- not, yes, you did. I yes, did you did. Not, I did yes, not, you did. That I is did exactly not, what you implied, not, Kendrick Perkins. That is exactly what you implied. Secondly, hold on, hold on. I did not call. I stated the facts. I stated the facts. And you're not about to sit up We all know like what you implied the other day. We all know what you implied just now. Hold on. I stated it. It's the facts. It's the facts. It's the facts. Look, am I here to speak on a race issue? No, I'm not. Am I qualified to speak on a race issue as a white American living in American Fork, Utah? Uh, Probably not. Is it fair to say that there are racial biases that happen every single day? Of course there are. That's not the point of any of this. And I'm going to get into that in a second. What I think is funny is that that clip that went all over the place was just this. And that little snippet I just played was just a little piece. There were the convo went on for another six minutes after that. Perk started saying that JJ doesn't know how people feel inside. Then started talking about stat padding. He brought up Westbrook averaging a triple double and that he got crushed for it. But Jokic is doing it and everybody loves it. Stephen A, who was silent for 12 minutes of everybody speaking, says that Perk was right about the Russ thing and that when Nash won MVP, a lot of people had an issue with it not being given to Shaq. And JJ agreed with that. Look, do I think the MVP has to do with race? I do not. I pray that there is none of that going on. What I think, out of all things that were said, is that the criteria for MVP does indeed change year after year. There were voters who said that they weren't going to give it to Giannis for a third straight year in 2021, which was when Jokic won it for the first year because he hadn't shown anything in the playoffs. He hadn't won. They weren't comfortable putting him in the same category as those legends who've won three straight. Jokic hasn't done anything to prove that. Why has the narrative changed? Again, I do not believe this is a race issue. I pray it's not a race issue. I've been very, very, very outspoken about this for probably my last five episodes about the entire MVP voting process and how it needs to change. 
It's not cool to change the narratives around every single year. It sucks. What I also really don't like is that there are these political accounts and websites and everything latching on to what JJ said, coining him as this champion and calling out woke NBA and all this stuff. I hate all of that. If you know JJ or have listened to an interview or a podcast of his for two seconds, you know where he stands politically. It's not a political issue in my eyes. It's not a race issue in my eyes. It's an MVP voting process issue, which I've stated over and over and over. Perk said a lot, but the one thing I actually agreed with and that I thought it was right was that the goalposts move year in and year out. The whole argument that inside afterwards uh, with who knows what Jokic is feeling and all the stat padding and all that nonsense, it's all garbage. Who cares? Then to add, of all, then to, add to just all of the stat padding stuff, uh, Giannis goes out and pulls a Ricky Davis and misses his own little shot, try to give himself a triple-double, which the he did get, and then the NBA rescinded, which you want to talk about stat padding. That was kind of funny, and the timing was great. Anyway, unreal. The clip was brutal, and I just... I don't know. I, I I personally do not think it is a race issue. Again, I can say that because I do have a podcast and you can go back and listen to every episode I've recorded that I've stated for a long time, probably because I'm an Embiid homer, that the process needs to change. I do not and I did not think for one second that it's a race issue. And I, I again, maybe it is. I just pray it isn't. And that's how I see it. That's my thought. Honestly, I am fascinated to see what JJ says about it on his next podcast because you know that him and Tommy will talk about it. So uh, whenever they do, I will plug it in here as well. But again, not not necessarily the clip I think all of us uh, thought that we were going to hear on a day like today. <laughs> not, not at all. Again, quite the week in the NBA world. You can see now why I just wanted to recap all of this. Shout out Jimmy Butler, by the way, who tonight flew across the entire country from Miami to LA to be there for Pau Gasol's jersey retirement at the Lakers game on one of his off days. They have a two-game homestand. He was teammates with the guy in Chicago. I thought that was extremely cool of him. Shout out to Jimmy. I love Pau. I actually met Pau in LA playing golf at Pasatiempo, which was kind of cool. Very nice. He's the tallest dude ever. Seeing him driving a golf cart was actually hilarious, but shout out Pau Gasol. Pretty awesome. His jersey's hanging in the rafters right next to Kobe's forever. Love everything that Powell does, what he stands for, everything he does for Kobe's family, all of that. I just, I, I love it a lot. That's all I got, man. Again, a ton. So much info. Got another giveaway that I'll be doing with my guys basically even on Monday. Keep an eye out for that. The Mac McClung giveaway, again, is live. It ends on Sunday. Take a look at that. Bracket challenge. Again, going to link it in this uh, episode with basically even, it's worth it. I promise you it's worth it. You don't even have to pay anything to enter. It's it's just a no-brainer. Do it. If you haven't already, please go ahead, rate, review, subscribe, do all that fun stuff. Please continue to be nice to each other. That's that's one little thing we can do. That's all I got, man. Thank you all for listening. Love you so much. And uh, that's ball, folks. Yeah.